Hello and welcome, lovelies. So this podcast today is all going to be about growth. It's about my own experience with some really deep and profound growth that occurred over the past week from an illness that was the catalyst accompanied by a migraine and my own experience of dropping into the deepest presence that I have experienced so far outside of the realm of birth. And really what I discovered, what I uncovered, and what I seeded in this space, and how this is not just my story, this is our story. So nothing that I share today is really unique to me other than the way it has played out in my own life. That is my unique snowflake of a story. But what I share today is incredibly accessible to all of us. It is dare I say, inherent to all of us when we give the space. So growth is inherent for all of us when we are able to see and to reach that growth. And obviously a lot of things get in the way of us embodying these opportunities. Um, And I'm going to talk a lot about that. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome to the Soul Midwife Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Hughes. I'm an energy healer, a guide, a mom of four, and yes, a soul midwife. In this podcast, I offer guidance, healings, and wisdom for women who are feeling out of alignment, disconnected, and are longing to find out or to rediscover who they truly are from a deep place of wholeness. Women who are ready to step out of the culture of busy, overwhelmed, disconnection, and fragmentation, and to lead lives that feel soulful from the inside out. All right, so I think I'm going to start with the end, which is kind of a funny place to start, but I love a good story that starts with the end. (laughs) So the culmination of my really profound experience of this past week of growth, um, some of the deepest growth I've really done in my whole life, I feel like, um, is, is culminated with a, with a ritual that I just did, um, a releasing ritual. And truth be told, I actually fought a little bit with myself, which is kind of the whole funny part of the story, but, um, because it's not, you know, a new moon or whatever. And that is something that I follow. I use the new moon as seeding places, as places of letting go and, and replanting, so to speak. And so we are not there. This comes next week. We're a full week away, in fact. And so it was funny to watch that inner resistance and and very interesting because it's literally what was some of the growth opportunity that I found for this week. So long story to simply say that I just completed a ritual this morning on releasing. And one of the things that I sometimes do on the ritual is um, I pull a kind of a guidance card. Um, You can call them lots of different ways. I call them guidance cards. And so I wanted to really, I just wanted to share this guidance card because it, I mean, I think it speaks to the heart. So we all have that inside of us. Um, And so this is what it says. It is a strange paradox that when we are truly open to life, we must prepare to die. 
many deaths before it is time for our physical life to end. We might suffer deaths of relationships, of ideals, of identities, even of certain hopes and dreams. If we can mourn these deaths, give them proper attention and due acknowledgement, grieving in whatever way is respectful and truthful, then those deaths become sacred sacrifices on the altar of new life. If we try to rush past these many deaths, pushing them to one side out of fear, then they may mean something terrible or frightening. Then we will suffer more than needs be. Perhaps we become fearful if we fear that we are no longer in control of life and we cannot prevent its powerful unfolding because we do not trust where life is leading us. Then, too, we miss our chance to make a sacrifice and feel more connected with life and with death as a natural part of life. We don't have to be scared of these deaths, as painful as they may be. We can accept that they are signs that we are growing and life is flowing. We can even use them to gain confidence in that new direction of life is calling us. There is always so much more to come. Always. No matter how old we may be or how jaded we may feel, there is always boundless life awaiting us. All that is needed is a willingness for us to be open to receive it. I mean, for me, literally, <laughs> this card is exactly like summed up in a nice pretty paragraph what I have learned over the past week. So I do want to share my actual story though. I always share stories because I feel like stories are the web of life. They are truly what holds us together. They are how we can see ourselves in quote-unquote the other. They are things that give us hope and inspiration. They are ways that we can feel the feelings of others, that we can identify, that we can find compassion. And so this is why I share my stories and really the stories of people that I work with, <clears throat> often because there's often a theme going on. So this last week I obviously didn't work with anyone because I was busy being sick. <laughs> so the illness story goes like this. I got ill. <laughs> My son uh, got caught an illness or whatever you think about illness. I, that's a whole nother conversation. My son became ill and I took care of him. Um, he was really quite ill for, for, I mean, really like way longer than a week, actually. And no, it wasn't the C word. So just a sickness. Um, so I guess I'm struggling with how to start this story because there's a lot of backstory. So here's the backstory. So if I, I had this thought that, or this kind of, kind of part of my habit pattern or cycle of habit patterns, um, and if you haven't listened to the podcast before, it is my belief that our habit patterns are often cycles inside of ourselves that some of them we've picked up unconsciously along the way, right? And they form a framework of our being. And they work for us for a long time. And then sometimes we need to evolve them. So rather than spiraling over or circling over and over, we begin to spiral, right? That is this idea of the spiral, transcend, evolve, right? So my story is I have this part of me that believes that if I eat all of the right things, if I do all of the right things, 
and all of these sorts of things, then I will be healthy, then I will, like, I will have it made kind of a thing. I will, again, searching for the actual words, I will be healthy, I guess, is the best way. Healthy in mind, body, and spirit, right? So there's this idea of I should, I should, catch the words here, I should do all of these things in order to take care of myself, right? This is my story. So I did all of the things. And then I got sick because sometimes, despite, we, this, we get sick, right? I think that this sickness, my, my belief is sickness is often a huge opportunity for growth. It's often a very big message in it if we're willing to listen to it. And there's reasons behind the sickness, right? All sickness. This is my belief. It doesn't have to be yours. So I got sick. I also believe that we get sick because it's part of life, right? That is part of the growth. So I struggled at the beginning with getting sick because I did all of the things, <laughs> right? That's the st that's the, my old pattern. That's the old story. If I do all of the things, then I get this nice, neat result. What I found was that story of doing all the right things because I should be doing them is actually a clever way of me controlling. Isn't that interesting? It's a clever way of me controlling life. Not saying, this is not to say that I'm not going to continue to choose to eat the things that I know make me feel healthy because my body tells me to do the things that I know make my body feel full. However, I am going to be doing them from a very different way. I am no longer going to do them from a place of control, but a place of embodiment. Right? So I'm skipping ahead. So I accepted this illness, right? I did. I really accepted the illness and I really let my body rest. I canceled many things that I had planned to do. I just surrendered to, and there was some grumpiness, right? I really wanted to plant the part of our garden um, and do like my herb garden. And I had these things I was hoping to do, but instead I sat, right? I just sat and I let my body rest. And with every day, I thought I would be getting better. And with every day, I actually felt worse, right? And so if you haven't followed this podcast before, one of my, another cycle is that I get migraines. I used to talk to that, about them in terms of my menstrual cycle as if they were hormonal. And for a while, maybe they were. But now the migraines come whenever they want. <laughs> it has nothing to do with my hormones. And maybe it never really did. So the migraine came and my relationship with migraines has evolved. When I first started getting them about, let's see, eight years ago now, I, and they weren't very frequent at that point, I would, I would just grin and bear it. Honestly, I would just go about my life. So for me, migraines are their ocular migraines. So it literally feels like an ice pack is sticking in my eye. And so there's no amount of like rest or really anything that makes them feel better. If I lay down, it hurts like, like horribly, horribly bad. In fact, actually walking around and being active can 
um, maybe distract me. I was going to say it lessens it, but maybe it just distracts me. I'm not really sure. So for a long time at the beginning, I would just not let it slow me down, which is again, another cycle of my personality. Like it's a thing I do to not let anything slow me down. This is something I have long ago transcended. Um, so for, after that, I started having my migraines be treated, right? They, they started to become, so they last three days, three full days. They are all day, all night. And so they started coming more regularly. And then I thought I figured it out with my hormones and my progesterone and basically stress. And then they, now they just come whenever they want. So I started treating them with, um, Excedrin actually. Excedrin migraine, which is this insane cocktail of medication that literally like kills all of your gut flora, right? And it was because I was in this cycle so often, the three days I started to get very, very, um, panicky when the migraines came because I knew how long they were going to last. I knew how horrible I was going to feel. I knew how I had to basically like, it, it's like my body is there, but my mind is not. So I have to like drop out of, even though I am present, right? Um, but I'm not really present. It's like a shadow descends on me. Like when I actually do meditation around it, it's like, it looks like a thick black goo tar over the right, the masculine side of my body, right? And so this migraine descended and I was doing some breath work and I heard some guidance, some deep inner guidance that said, what if you try a new way? And I am always up for trying new ways. This is something that is scary to all of us, including myself, but I've used that muscle so many times that new things don't really scare me anymore. I mean, there's like background noise of the fear, the anxiety, right? So like there is a biochemical process that happens when you try new things that it raises your level of anxiety, what we call anxiety. And it's actually what is, and that's how we experience, but what it's actually doing is expanding your brain so that you can actually open up to learning new things. But we've labeled it as anxiety. And then we've labeled that as bad culturally and like unconsciously. And so we often shy away from that. So I don't, I recognize the feeling of anxiety, but it doesn't, it can maybe, to me, I would maybe call it more excitement, sometimes anxiety, but I still do it anyway. So I decided to try something new. And the guidance I heard was find deep presence. And so I took the, th the three days, this ha the migraine part happened over the weekend. I took those three days to drop into the deepest present, which presence is a word. All of these things are words, right? And they've been words that I've had in my vocabulary since I was a teenager, right? Since I started meditating and doing all of these things. They were an understanding in my head. They were th something I knew I should do and I did do and sometimes really got benefit from. 
in my 40s, and as I get deeper and deeper into the 40s, and I don't know if this is an age thing or not. I guess I should say that. This is my experience. There is now a level of embodiment of these words. So presence is no longer this thought that I play with, this thing that I read about. It is now an experience that I step into. Part of this was doing a lot of work around the feminine and trusting and valuing the being and the flow of life, letting go of the intense control I had around life, and trusting more in life. Right? And so when I talk about presence, the, the other place I think about that I can think of a time in my life is birth, giving birth. I am very present. I mean, it's like you cannot be. You can't not. Well, I guess you maybe can be. I couldn't not be in giving birth. I had to be fully present in my body to actually, quote unquote, ride the wave and not drown in the contraction, right? And so this weekend, I, when all of the barrage of thoughts of like, you're never going to get through this. Oh my God, it's going to be so horrible. I can't do this again. Like really like, like they're, it's very whiny because it is really, really painful. And so all of this like whininess comes in, not judging it actually, um, just really that's what it sounds like. And so meeting it with love and it's like, okay, okay, I hear you. I hear you. This is like inner dialogue. I hear you. I hear you. What if we just step into this now moment? In this now moment, are you okay? In this now moment, can you be with the pain? And I did this for two full days. And sometimes the barrage of thoughts would get very, very loud, right? Like right before I went to bed, it was like, well, you're never going to be able to sleep. You know how this heck affects you when you sleep and you're not going to get any sleep. And then it's going to go, where's the, right? And so I said, okay, like I will put the medicine next to my bed, but let's just try to see if we can even in sleep be so present with knowing that in this now moment, the pain is not bigger than me, I guess. The pain is part of me. It just, it's such a hard experience to describe how the last, you know, six weeks ago migraine versus this migraine and how the perception difference has shifted so much from one of like control and fear to one of acceptance and presence, right? The presence that was found was so deep and wide that it became pleasurable. That the pain then became pleasurable. In the most strange way, <laughs> it, it became like a love with my body. I know it's so, it's so hard to describe this. when you are not experiencing it, right? And Because if I would have told this story to myself six weeks ago, I would have been like, huh, that sounds great. But like feeling it in your body and having that experience is a very different thing, right? 
And so I sat with it and I continued to return to this just deep sense of presence. And I have to tell you, I was not alone, right? I have four kids. If you're new to listening to this, um, my husband works all day on Sunday. I was very much solo with my kiddos. And the funny thing was even on Sunday, Sundays are my like, get everything ready for the weekdays, right? Um, it's the like actual day that the house actually gets really clean so that the rest of the week it's like dirty, but like just your tidying dirty. <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. Still getting over the sickness. Um, it's also the day, I don't know. It's just the day I get stuff done. I plan for the week. And so on Sunday, it was all still there. My migraine actually was much better, did not take three days. And so I decided that I was just going to be with the illness. So I sat with the illness and I would lay down and then I would feel the urge to get up and do the dishes. And then I would lay down and then I took a nap a 15-minute fell-asleep nap in between one kid saying one thing and another saying another. And then I went down and loaded, you know, four loads of laundry. And then, and then, and then, and then. And so at the end of the day, I had, I mean, the house was no by no means what I normally do, but it was, everything was still done. And I even was able to, like, play with my kids while laying down and tickling them. And it just felt, it didn't feel like I was trying to be a mom or trying to do anything. I was just being with the illness and being with what my body was able to do and what my body was actually okay with doing, right? It was like I was not trying to control all of the things. I wasn't trying to control my body. I wasn't trying to control the schedule. I wasn't trying to control how the day normally goes so that the rest of the week goes this way. I wasn't trying to control any of it. I was just being with it, and I was able to act from that beingness. And guess what? I got everything done in, like, way freaking less time with way freaking less amount of of energy spent, right? And it was kind of like epically profound to me that, that this was the reality that had been created. So not only was I in this deep sense of like in the now moment, and you know, I read this book recently by um, Elizabeth Lesser. I think it was like her first book and I'm totally not going to remember the name. And I'm not in my normal place of recording podcasts, so the book isn't there. It was like her first book about, it was basically talking about her breakdown. Um, and I think I've referred to it in other podcasts. But the point was she had talked about um, a friend of hers was dying of cancer. And she had learned this technique from someone in the spiritual world. And she taught it to her friend. And the friend who was like suffering and suffering and dying then was able to die in peace and love. Like she just accepted every now moment rather than fighting the cancer. She just existed in love with the cancer and then eventually died. But I don't know, it really spoke to how I was this weekend with this growth. And it was, so this is the growth aspect, right? You could be like, okay, well, Ingrid, well, what about the growth? The growth was the realization of these cycles that I play out. The cycles of 
the barrage of mind that isn't really my thoughts. It's just like this bombarding. I was describing it to a soul sister, dear friend last night who was holding space for me as I really was processing, right? Because without her, without the space that she held for me, I was really, I was really able to witness myself, which is what I do for women. And I reached out to someone to have that done for me. Because when I was able to witness the growth that was found in that space and witness my own experience of pleasure, even in the pain, and witness all of that I had learned, it was, it was like integrated and solidified. And so the evolution, really the spiral had been complete. The, the circle has broken into a spiral, right? And so... The growth was finding out how much I control, eating, doing the right things, eating the right things, being the right way, how much that was still a part of my story and how it wasn't serving me because eating the right things, doing the right, whatever right means to you from a place of embodiment is just basically nourishing yourself. The other way is controlling. And it feels very, very different. And I've been in that nourishment space. Like, I don't always live in that control space. In fact, I used to always mostly live in the control space. And now I'd say mostly live in it. But it was just like a big, like, oh, wow, it's still there. Especially around, around illness, right? Which illness to me is a big... Um, kind of, it's a hard thing. I think it's hard for all of us. I don't know, you know, what I'm talking about. It's not, it's hard for all of us. Nobody likes to get sick, I would think. Um, so how do we truly embody this growth opportunity? Like really going back to that idea from the card that I pulled, right? We might suffer deaths in relationships of ideals, of identities, of even hopes and dreams. And we can give them proper attention and acknowledgement and grieve in a respectful and truthful way so that they become sacred sacrifices on the altar of new life. And that was my ritual today. It was creating something new. It was what am I committed to? How am I committing to presence? How am I committing to being even deeper in my body? this new level that I've reached, that I've now reached. So it was like the illness was like cracking off of this old shell so that something new could be born. And I very well could still get a migraine, right? And I very well am going to have to like probably feel the, I get this image of like this catapult of like boulders coming at me. The boulders are the thoughts of like, oh, it's, it's so intense. You're never going to, you have to take medicine, right? That happens all the time in my life. Like, even in regards of business, it's like, oh, you have to do it this way. And people say you have to do it this way. You can't actually just be in the feminine flow of business. That's like not a thing that's ever going to make it work. But when I actually just do it, it works in my definition of success, which is serving women, <laughs> which is really showing up to hold space for to serve women. And so you know, when I was sitting with my dear fr sister friend last night, she did recount to me something I always say to women, but it was said to me, it was reflected to me, is that 
I was so grateful for her leading me and showing me the path and, and helping me uncover these realizations. And I was so, so grateful for her, for her, for her. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And she's like, you're, you know, you're welcome. And you did this all right. And so I always say that to people, it's nice to be that midwife and you, and I, I personally love having a midwife, whether it's in birth or in life to help guide me along the path, right? A mentor. You could call it a mentor. I like the word midwife. I, that's because that's what I am. I don't like the word coach. I'm not a coach. That to me is like a very masculine word. I am a midwife. I help women who want to heal, who want to grow, and who know that it's freaking scary, right? And also that don't always know the path because sometimes it gets really freaking dark. And it has been dark in my life too, right? And so that's, that's, she had said that, and I was like, oh yeah, it's nice to hear that reflected back. Like, yeah, I did do all the work and she did hold the space for me. We co-created that experience together, right? And so how do we truly embody this growth opportunities? Because I know that they're scary. I know that Showing up as you actually truly are amongst family members and friends that have known you in one way, but you, that's not really you anymore. Or maybe, a, a, you know, in your relationship, my, my husband and I's marriage, we've been married for 17 years and have known each other for 24. And we are not the same people that we met 24 years ago, but our souls are the same. And we've just actually become more aligned with our souls, more aligned with who we are. And I, I believe, you know, we met and <laughs> literally got engaged like two weeks later. Um, I believe our souls recognized each other, right? And so I think that it is scary to sometimes dive deeper into your soulful self. It is hard to be in those relationships. Maybe you, maybe relationships don't work anymore. Mine has always just been able to evolve through hard work or, and I really dislike that word. I was also talking to that with my friend last night, this word work through, I don't know. We've, we've gone through hard times, right? We've had to have really hard conversations. There's been tears. Occasionally there's been yelling, um, and we've evolved and evolved and evolved our relationship to fit together continually in let each other continue to grow. But that's not everyone's path. Sometimes you outgrow someone. Sometimes somebody else is not willing to grow. So that's scary. It's scary to let go of habit patterns, right? It's scary to let go of ways that you've always known how to be because some, in some way they were serving you right? In some way, that idea that I could control an illness <clears throat> was serving me to feel more safe, right? And so then there's the opportunity to just feel safety. What does it feel to just feel safety? To like actually step into true trust and safety that even in illness, even in pain, there is safety. There is perfection. <laughs> there is pleasure. Right? And so, so I get it, basically. I get 
the trepidation, I get the scaredness, I get all of that because I too have felt all of that. And I guess my invitation is how do you truly embody those growth opportunities? One is just simply recognizing them, recognizing them as an opportunity for you to grow and dedicating whether it's in a ritual or not, you don't have to do a ritual. I love to do it because it's like literally, it's a prayer, right? You could also say it as a prayer if that's more along your lines of philosophy of being with the divine. It's committing to that and sharing that with God, divine, whatever you want to call it. It's dedicating your space and time to that. So, yeah, first is recognizing the growth opportunity. Second, actually committing to that growth opportunity or to committing to growth opportunities. And then third, for me, I need anchors. Anchoring. Anchoring in. I use the moon's to anchor. I don't worship the moons, but I see them as amazing opportunities. The new moon is new. It's all about growth and seeding, right? It's when I plant new habit patterns. It's when I recognize things and then the full moon, right? And that moon cycle is a great way for me to reflect on. For women, we also have our menstrual cycles. That could be a thing. I've talked about that before, but having some sort of an anchor to guide you. Having some sort of support, so personal support for yourself, whether that's in, you know, I talk about all the time breath work, I talk about meditation, I talk about uh, dancing, yoga, getting in your body, because I cannot tell you enough how much your body is your guide. The body is not some meat suit that we are walking around in. There is so much energy that is housed inside of this body that is going to tell you what's going on if you really, really stop and dig into it, if you really get in there, which requires being in that present space. So, you know, the meditation for me is dropping into that present space. And is it always quiet? No, God, no. For the first, like, you know, decades of my life, I don't know that there was much ever quiet when I would meditate. And I actually am listening to this book right now called Bliss Brain. And he was talking about brain scans and, uh, of meditators. And, you know, so we go to that higher state of brain waves. There's alpha, beta, and I think it's omega, right? No, no, there's a higher state of brain waves that you enter in meditators, right? And so what they actually found is it's not the bliss state, the state of like nothingness, or for me, it's like, it's like black cosmos when I get there like being out amongst the stars in the universe with no stimulation or sound, like just being, it's incredible, right? But it's actually not that. It's the recognizing the thought and coming back to the breath. The recognize, it's actually the path, right? It is the path, not the destination. I mean, we've all heard that cliche, but it is, it's true. It's the path, not the destination. And so as amazing as it is and how much more often I'm able to enter that space of this universe that I'm just floating in these days, it's all of the path that's gotten me here this far, right? And so that's where that meditation is dropping you into the present moment. 
And then it's just the path. So dropping you in the present moment, the shadow or a wave or boulders of thoughts come, whatever it feels like to you. And then getting back into that present moment. And then feeling what's going on in your body. And then asking your body sometimes what that actually means. So you can feel anxiety, then you can label anxiety, and then you can go down the rabbit hole of what does anxiety mean, and I can identify the anxiety, da, 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 rather than it just being an energy in motion and being part of that energy and letting it be in motion. Sometimes the energy is very slow and sticky and takes a while to shine your light on and be present with. Sometimes it's fast moving right? There's not one is not better than the other. It's just about being more aware. And I, I really feel like this is what life is about. This is why we're here. I'm not here to make a million dollars. I mean, that's great if I do, but that's not why I'm on the earth. That is not my or your or any of our mission. It's not to have all the best shoes, which maybe for some people that's a thing. It's actually not my thing. Um, yeah, it's it's not the material things, although they are re really nice and lovely. So it's not like dogging on that aspect of life, but that's not why we're here. And so using those opportunities for growth as actually growing. Otherwise, we cycle and spiral in that circle. We don't spiral up. We just go around and around in circles, right? And that feels stuck. That feels like it drains the life out of you. That feels yuck. Oh, so I'm 40 minutes in, so I should probably wrap this up. I feel like I could just keep on going, and maybe I'll revisit this as the wisdom continues to integrate inside of me. Um... I do want to let you know, though, that I am about to start a 40-day container. It's um, 40 days for $40. It's, I think I'm calling it, it's called the Soulful Journey. So soul and then full, as in F-U-L-L. And it's basically something that I felt called to do from my heart, to just create this container and space for women who really want to step deeper into this path, but don't really know how. That want to try some new things out that maybe they've never tried before, but so far don't have access. And so it's really um, accessible, meaning it's 50. I asked you to dedicate 20 to 30 minutes of your day. Doesn't have to be a certain time. Doesn't have to be a certain place to do the offering that I have for you for the day. They'll come via emails um, for 40 days. And what I know, because I've actually done this work with other women, um, not held this tightly. I've done it actually live, like three sessions over 40 days, which is also a thing you could do. You could check out my soulful sessions. Um, but this is more of a let's try a bunch of things Let's create more space from the inside out for you to just step into. And what I know is after this 40 days, like it's going to be actually epic. I think it's funny that it's 40 days, $40, but I know I'm, I have so much faith in the container of it and what has already come through that it's going to be really, really epic. But here's the thing. 
<laughs> you have to do it. <laughs> so it's not going to be epic if you don't actually show up to it. It's not going to be epic if you are in the background and you let win the thoughts of like, this is never going to do anything, da, 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 right, that I was talking about. It's not going to be epic that way. But if you're really willing to commit to it, um, you go head over to my website, uh, soulmidwifejulie.com, and you'll see. It starts on May 11th, um, and then I'm probably just going to, after I do the 40 days, it'll probably be up as just like something you can hop into or never. But I do, I am going to hold this space in kind of a, well, I'm actually going to hold this space in a very different way for those 40 days. Um, yeah, so you can go over and check that out. Also, feel free to send me an email at any point with questions, comments, whether you resonate or not with your own stories. I'm more than happy to listen. And if you just want to do deeper work with me, if something I've spoke to today really sparked your heart and soul, head over to the website I offer. I no longer do single sessions, mostly because you need we need more than that. So I offer a three-second session package, and I offer also soul awakening, like a journey. I think that's it for now. Thank you so much. If you've made it this far on the podcast, <laughs> thank you for listening to me, and I will see you next week. Bye, everyone.